Greetings, Quester, and welcome to the Quest Report with Matt and Richard. So on this episode of the Quest Report, uh, Richard and myself wanted to talk about something that we've been to recently, which yep. was the UK Games Expo 2017. Yeah, so it's more like a normal quest we went on. We actually <laughs> went somewhere this time. <laughs> <laughs> we went somewhere, we did some things, we played some things, yeah. we saw some things. Yeah, yeah we did. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, I enjoyed it a lot more than I thought I would actually. I was looking forward to the playing of games. Mm. Because obviously we get to play games quite a lot here, but we don't get that much time to just uh, really spend a day or something mm. and without kind of interruptions and being able to just play one of the really long games. And that's what I was looking forward to. And I thought it'd be interesting to see the expo and see what it was like. But actually, I really enjoyed the expo as well. Um, it reminded me a lot of Comic-Con, but mm. um, a little bit more, because it was just about the one particular thing, as in the board games, most of all, um, it just seemed people were a bit more into it. Yeah. And it was just, and it's just a bit of a nicer thing in some ways, because... Comic-Con was more like memorabilia and stuff, mm. like getting things for yourself, like for your collection and mm. things on there, advertising films and stuff. Whereas it's kind of groups of friends going around yeah. in, in the expo. It's like people were going around to find games to play with their friends, mm. which I think is a much nicer, nicer aspect. It was more, so, definitely more of a social element to it than the... Mm. Um, I don't want to say the commercial side of Comic-Con, but... As yeah. you say, when you go around there, there's just stalls with merchandise everywhere, aren't there? Yeah. Whereas at, at the Games Expo, you go there, there's plenty of stalls there selling games and selling yeah. uh, various ex- game accessories and things like that. Mm. And we picked up a few bits while we were there, didn't we? But yeah. at the same time, there is enormous areas that are just devoted to people playing games. It's just tables yeah. where you can go and, and uh, get a game going and there's a games library there. Um, that was good. Yeah. Thirsty Meeples were looking after, I believe. Yeah. But we were in. We spent pretty much all our time in Hall One, didn't we? At the NEC. Oh, in Hall Three. Oh, yeah, there was another one. <laughs> there was another one which we actually never we got around go to, to, and it was just purely tables for people playing games. Yeah. Well, you we know. had the hotel for that, didn't we? So. Yeah. Um, so we yeah. we uh, just sort of wandered around. Um, we really did have a have a good time though, and there was a lot going on. Um, what amazed me was how many stalls there were just selling dice. Yeah, I liked that one that had um, normal dice and then really, really tiny dice and then really, really big dice. <laughs> <laughs> Massive good. D20s. Yeah, yeah, that was cool. I mean, there was uh, so many uh, stalls to look at, and it mm. wasn't it wasn't all games, was it? Because there was some. Uh, well, I say it wasn't games, but it was RPG books. There were a lot of places selling RPG books. There was. Just makes it sound um, like you don't think they're games. But they, they, they are, but I mean, they're not they're sort of board games. games. They're RPGs. And I love RPGs. Yeah, I do. Um, but it was great going around seeing all the different RPG bookstores. Yeah, some of those look really interesting. Mm. Maybe want to be a GM. Maybe start thinking of stories. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, there was games that you, that you could go and demo. Yeah, that and was very good. We did one of those, didn't we? We well, we did a did a look at a few, but the one that really stood out to me was a game we played called Legends Untold. Yes, yeah, that was really good because we we saw that on the Saturday, didn't we? Yeah, and we went back to it on the Sunday morning. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, so I was quite, I was looking forward to that. That was the one thing I wanted to do on the Sunday. Mm. Make sure we got there and 
got a table to be able to have a go at Legends Untold. And yeah, it was it was really good. It was strange as well, wasn't it? Because we kind of sat down. Uh, we thought it was just going to be us, but then we played in a four-player group with uh, a couple that were there that we, we'd not known before. And hello, if you're watching this. Um, I, honestly, I can't remember their names. I don't. Th- I, I think, I don't um, think we... we just went by the names that were on our cards or the, the names of the... Mm. Well, the roles that we were playing. Mm. So one of them uh, was a student. Well, I remember this thing about <laughs> that her character was a, a student, which I thought was quite interesting in a fantasy game. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, it, but they were quite unusual roles. Like you were an evicted noble, I think. Yes. Uh, I was a forge hand. Yeah. So, but you didn't. The other guy was a farm hand. You were going to have, and you didn't. Yeah, you didn't have like the mechanical skill that I, that you needed at one point. Mm. But like technically, you were like a different role. So yeah, <laughs> I had a, I had a hammer and I had skills that would allow me to mend things. So like if mm. a weapon was broken, I had like bonus points to mending abilities, and yeah. I could fix that with my hammer. I had a, a couple of spears, so I could throw one at range and yeah, use so you one had at melee. Tokens, didn't you? So we knew how many you had, mm. and then after battle, it was just assumed you picked them up again. Yeah. It? So that that was good because you were the the girl the woman that we were playing with. She was an archer, wasn't she? Yeah. So, and you had the choice. Yeah. <laughs> you could be melee or ranged. So you guys were like chucking, you were chucking spears, and she was firing arrows, and it, it made combat a lot easier. I thought well, a lot better. It was a really interesting system. Just to say a little bit about the game, uh, we all had like a, a character card with a picture of our character on and mm-hmm. some stats for them, and then a few different cards. And some of the mechanics of it really interested me because, like, for example, with wounds. Uh, instead of just like a normal health system where you you take damage, with that your wounds were the cards you had. You had to turn yeah, a card. Yeah, you over. just chose an ability to lose. Yeah, or you could be even a weapon, couldn't it as well? It could be, yeah. Uh, which would not, which would usually be your last choice, particularly because you'd be taking wounds during battle. Yeah, but you could turn nice. those over, and if I think was it three, and you were considered knocked out or something uh, like that, or maybe was it just three, or was it just because we had that many cards? I don't know. I was we only ever got. I, mean, I, got, I took two wounds at some point in yeah. time, and then we rested. So, so when, yeah, when rest, you just use some time, but you you all get healed. So, um, the man that we were playing with, I can't remember what his his character was. He was a farmhand. He was the farmhand. That's it. So he was wounded, but we we didn't we didn't rest then. Yeah, we thought it uses the same amount of time to rest. Yeah, so he was all wounds. We all have to rest as well, so yeah. we might as well. So we waited till I was wounded as well, and then we rested and healed both. So. And there were some really interesting things like that, like that mechanic, the, the way that the time worked and the mm. resting, the way that the wounds worked. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the actual attacks were resolved through dice, but even that was quite interesting because you got a different. You'd roll three dice and apply uh, your result to decide what happened. Whether you got a hit, whether you pushed a character back. Yeah. What was interesting though was that you, uh, you, if you were in a engaged in combat the other characters didn't attack you no it's it just was if just you rolled low if you rolled you badly hit. then they that was considered their counter attack or, yeah. or parry and thrust sort of thing. that was interesting that yeah. was really really interesting way of doing battle to me it seemed like it's a it's a, an rpg that had enough immersion i mm. thought so i did feel like we were actually making decisions and we were on mm. this adventure but it was so scaled down yeah so it was so easy to do. Like partly there was a guy helping us do it, but yeah. it's all um, the maps are on quite small cards yeah. with enough detail on them. And when you go through, you connect. You had to connect them, didn't you? Yes, and you kind of choose which 
which way you go, but then you choose which side to connect. You had to match the light, there, didn't you? You did, you yeah. So but if you're it, going out of a yeah. cave or into a cave, you'd mm. had it to give you kind of how light that was, mm. and you would then take the next uh, location card and have to match up the most suitable lighting to yeah. the. You know, so it wasn't just well. This is where I want to come out. As Richard's saying, you had to kind of match match them up. That again was an interesting mechanic. Yeah, and that that kind of determines how easy you are to be seen as you go into the mm. new place, doesn't it? So if you've just gone through the darkness, there's a very high chance that you'll be able to see any enemies in the new place mm. before they see you. Um, but you had to roll for that, didn't you? Yeah. So yeah, Matt was being the scout each yeah. time. So. so I had to roll and to yeah. see what happens. And... You got all good rolls for that, didn't you? So <laughs> we were always on high alert when we went through. So that was good. What did you think? Because they had a mechanic there. So the games were timed. Yeah. And the way that they were timed was you had so many event cards, didn't you, that would make a deck. And I think it was four. There was four different event cards. And they're all face down. And you spend a time by taking the top card off and putting it to the side That's and then when you get down to it? the um, we had yeah, we had to keep doing that it wasn't just for when we rest certain yeah, things trigger time they, as they move like, from locations there's a whole bunch of stuff that you do when you enter a place that doesn't cost time because oh, it's yeah. on the card already it's only certain actions that then cost time yeah yeah it's like decisions you make so you always decide to burn time that's what mm. the guy kept saying so. but the way that that works to so say you would uh, take the top one and move it over until you got to the bottom one then you turn that over and that would yeah. be like an event or that something the event. and that would you would then have to go through that and and fulfill whatever you got attacked events by were. bats on one of them yeah but then you took that get card out didn't you and yeah. so that meant that then the next time you're going through the deck there was just three so but then you were doing that for the next event yeah and then <laughs> yeah. until eventually you get down to there's just one card that's the event and once that's gone the game's over well yeah and then you've got one more it's kind of not over but when you would get it's to like a time when you're going to burn time you can't do it so the game's over yeah. because we did quite a few things with no cards left didn't we <laughs> we we were still fighting the last boss weren't we and stuff like that so and yeah. we did we did pretty well. And some of the, it was we did. quite pleasing that we the uh, the chap that was running the demo said to us, you know, that some of the things that had been done in that game, we were the only uh, team that had managed to do. Actually decided, yeah, because yeah. I actually I was quite pleased. I found some candles at the start mm. inside because I climbed up the cliff to loot this chest or something, and I found some candles, <laughs> <laughs> and then it, it ended up being useful in the next room. Mm. So we could actually exhaust the candles to make it a light source mm. and. I think that scared away something or other. So, yeah, mm. uh, that helped. We were sneaking past things a bit too easily. I think we got the mechanic a little bit wrong because then another guy came over and clarified, didn't he? So we we sneaked past some goblins, but we didn't roll for it. Um, no, I so think we we sneaked past them because my scout roll had been quite high and yeah, they were drunk. So, was, so oh, because yeah, they were drunk, that, right. that meant that we could sneak past without a combat. Had they been higher level goblins and not drunken goblins and if we wouldn't have had the role, then we would yeah. would have had to fight them because would have disturbed them oh, that's all right yeah so you but, can't just sneak past loads of stuff um yeah but i think what you said earlier kind of summed it up in a lot of ways because you you made the point that it was like scaled down that's what i liked and, about it it was yeah but it didn't feel scaled down it was scaled down in the sense of we had uh, our character cards and, and the various cards that we were using and it was scaled down in the sense that rather than having like a big board, yeah. we were using these locations and building this little map with these cards. Mm. But it felt like it was a, a full-on yeah. adventure. It felt like all the best bits of questing, but without the uh, 
housekeeping stuff you have to yeah, do part it, way through each turn it didn't feel like there was loads of things we had to keep account of it didn't no. feel like there was any particularly complicated rules it was basically cards and dice wasn't it yeah. and we were doing a proper adventure and it, they all basically fit into a small box and I, remember, I think I said to you at the time that I can imagine taking that game with me when I was going on like a holiday or away mm. for a few nights yeah, because I you would. could even play that game solo mm. just by taking a couple of characters because you yeah. don't need a GM for it because uh, the deck and the, the decks themselves dictate yeah, what you happens. Yeah, shuffle the cards and, that, and that's it. I mean, we were actually doing an actual scenario, weren't we, where there was mm. meant to be a lost merchant or something. I'm yeah. not sure if that was just for the demo, because he actually, the guy had the cards in a particular order, didn't he? Yeah. Like, normally they would be shuffled, but he wanted to make sure that we experienced certain aspects of the game. So. Yeah. So yeah. in like a normal game, there might have been more random enemies, more battling mm. going on. But yeah. it meant that we could actually play through a little bit of a story and get the various aspects of the game understood. And and um, I actually thought that that was probably, out of all the various games that we saw, I would say that would be my number one game from the expo. Mm. Um, as it was, it was a game that I backed on Kickstarter. That's part of what I like. That was part of what made it so relaxing to just play it because I didn't feel like they were selling it to us yeah. because you'd already bought it. Basically, <laughs> they were just showing us how it works, and I thought that was really nice. I said to the uh, the guy, one of the guys at the store, that it was really interesting for me to be able to play it because when I saw it on Kickstarter, it felt like they were saying the game was going to do so much, mm. um, and yet it seemed like there was so little to it that it didn't really convinced me of how it was going to do all these things how it was going to generate a full campaign yeah. how it was going to give us this real adventure feeling when it was just a few cards um, and some dice and it really really impressed me how much they were able to do without miniatures and big campaign quest books and yeah. without a GM and I just feel that that really is you know, the, the game that I most enjoyed and I am really looking forward to getting come through, and the yeah. game itself is really cheap. I mean, I paid a, I think a little bit more because I got it with an expansion, and there's some booster packs. I think you can get separately, which are in the original Kickstarter stuff as well. Yeah. But I think you can get everything for the game for about fifty pounds. Yeah. Um, but if you just want the base game, which is what we were playing, or part of what we were playing rather, yeah. Um, I think you can get that for like twenty twenty five pounds. Yeah, and that is well worth it. I thought because. Uh, yeah, when when we were playing it, I thought, oh, I'd, I'd quite like to get this as well. Mm. But uh, normally I don't think that because if you get the game, then I'll just play it play it with you and Heather. So, But I thought I could actually quite easily do little adventures with other people mm. quite, uh, quite easily. And it seemed like something that people would learn to play pretty quick. And I think uh, I could probably quite enjoy having a, a few rounds of it solo even. Mm. So yeah, that was that was one of the highlights for me. Um, there was other games we looked at. One was called uh, Far Cry. From what, Brain, uh, there was a game called Far Cry that we looked at. I think I looked, I looked at it more than you did. Um, <laughs> I think you were looking at another game at the time. Okay. Um, but it was a it's a combat game. There mm. are miniatures in it. Uh, you, you're different mechs and things. For sure, it's Far Cry. But it was called Far Cry, okay. and you had a map and I remember saying to the guy it was uh, Lewis Shaw from Braincrack Games who was demo who was showing it to me I remember saying to him at the time that it, it kind of reminded me a little bit of like a sci-fi version of Summoner Wars oh I remember that um, I remember it now yeah because you have the uh, yeah you have little cards so you don't know what the miniature is yeah because the card goes face down as you put it on and you can you can 
uh, when you turn it over, then replace it with your miniature. But it can be things moving around in stealth mode. Right. So it's kind of it really interested me the idea of uh, being able to move my army around without someone else knowing but That's at the, the same thing. time trying yeah. to take account and trying to work out what that guy's up to what that guy's going to do so what, where, what yeah. armies he's got out and then when you turn them over and you do battle uh, it, it did really interest me and that, so they just detect that there's a unit there but they don't know what yeah. it is yeah. I, I looked it up uh, when I got back because I mean I've, uh, it is still available uh, mm. to pre-order Right. I think it's not out till the fourth quarter of 2017, mm -hmm. but it's another one that I thought, you know what, I probably would be interested in getting this, and because I, I didn't get to play it, I just got to look at it and and to uh, talk about the game. Mm. But it is one that I could quite easily imagine myself enjoying mm. because I do like Summoner Summoner Wars because it's simplicity, Summoner and it Wars. seemed like it had a lot of that mechanical simplicity of Summoner Wars, but it had a lot more depth to the game particularly with the various stats of the units the fact that you can move yeah. around hidden that hidden movement factor and i like Isn't hidden a bit movement like games Stratego? Um, we played that and we i know i know it's not like that but that's got a hidden stuff hasn't it you don't it, know what units things are yeah so i see what you mean it's got that sort of element to it um and I'd, it was another game that I, and the, the miniatures themselves were very good quality mm -hmm. um, I think it's the first game that that company's done with miniatures but they seem to have done a, a good job of it so if you want to have a look at, at that uh, pre-ordering go to store.braincrackgames.com uh, make sure there's one left for me so I can get a copy of it myself when I've got some, some cash because I'm kind of spent up after the expo oh, okay. um, but yeah, that was definitely one that I, I would say to look forward to. But mm. then there were other things as well, because it wasn't just about uh, the games. There was a lot of there was a social element to it. So we had a really great time together. We met up with uh, Ryan and Whitam from from London as well, didn't we? We, we got yeah, to play some four fun. player games. Yeah, so that that was who we were playing the games with, wasn't it? Yeah. Mostly. But I mean, there was just a really great social aspect to that. I mean, mm. we we went was, yeah. we arrived at a hotel on the Thursday, me and you. And we went down to the bar to just to go down and, and grab a drink, and we got invited to go over and play Colt Express. Uh, yeah, played a few games of that. With a guy called Gary who was there with his his son. So Gary yeah. and Jaden, if you're watching this, Hayden. hi. It's Hayden. You kept saying Jaden. Did I keep calling him Jaden? His you name did. was Hayden. Yeah, his name's Hayden. Oh, sorry, Hayden. That's why I kept <laughs> shooting you in the game. <laughs> <laughs> well, he did shoot me a lot in Colt Express, and I wondered why. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, Colt Express was a really good game, wasn't it? I thought. Yeah. So we'd never played that, had we? I mean, it's a quite a well-known gateway game, but it was just one that I'd never got around to playing, and neither had you. We played the base game, and then we played the version that's got the horse meeples for mm. our little cowboy meeples to go on. <laughs> that was that was cool. What did you think of Court Express, Richard? Uh, I liked it. Um, the I thought it was nicely simple, but ended up being uh, hard to keep track of. Especially when we had the expansion as well. Before that, it wasn't so bad. And the aspect I like of it is the programming. Yeah. Which um, the the normal games that I know programming from are Game of Thrones and Room Twenty Five. Mm. And but they're both very different. You've played others as well, haven't you? Like Forbidden Stars. That's programming. Yeah. Uh, we played <laughs> uh, Star Wars Armada. Yeah. That was programming. I'm just limiting. Limiting it to ones I can remember doing okay. programming. With. That's probably a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but the the idea with this one is that we're all putting our cards onto one pile, mm. and then the player who is the first player turns it over, and then you just basically just have to do 
the moves in order <laughs> that are coming out. So, um, yeah, most of the time you get to see what other people are going to do, don't you? But on each round, there'll be certain certain times when we're in a tunnel and that's when the cards are faced yeah, out. Yeah, and you and don't get to see what quite interesting. put down. Or yeah. uh, other times where you have to put two down together and people hide the one at the bottom by putting the one at the top visible. Yes, yeah, that, that happens as well. So I um, actually really enjoyed it. I mean, one of the things, because I, I, I do like programming in games, Yeah. Um, but one of the things that you can usually do is uh, right up until like you finish programming, you can yeah. look back at what you've already done Yes. Uh, so, like, if you mentioned Room 25, you can check your tokens there, and same with something like Forbidden Stars or Game of Thrones, you can go, I'm going to make which order I put down here, and you can have a look. With that, you've purely got to try and remember, because when you're all putting them into a central pile, so the second that another card's gone on top, you can't go back and check what's underneath. No, Which that means was that sometimes I was there and I was thinking, I've got to put a, an action down, and I don't know what I've already put down. Yeah. <laughs> But I like the the fact that when we were playing that game, we did just kind of go with it. If you have yeah. forgotten what you did, you, you just, just have to yeah. be surprised when it turns over. And there were times where there was like an entire round where, because I put something down and someone else had put something down that I didn't know, yeah, and kind so of stuff me up. It meant that I was trying to do. I'd like try and steal something from somebody in the carriage with me yeah. and I was on my own or you know Shoot I'd be trying to go there. up to someone that by this point had already gone down and we're just swapping places and yeah. things like that it was yeah, quite chaotic but it was fun you accidentally go to where the sheriff is yeah, yeah and get shot and yeah that was because you've effectively you've got these these little cardboard cutouts of like the trains and the carriages mm. and you're playing cards to move your meeple around and maybe pick up some treasure yeah um, or maybe shoot one of the other um, miscreants and there's just so much go, go, little things going on that as you say the programming is really interesting it's really important to get it in the right order mm. uh, because if you if you play it wrong you can completely stuff yourself up yeah. but I found it a lot more easier to work out what I was going to do and plan for what everyone else was going to do when it was the base game once we went into I mean I think the first uh, two games we played it was a base game and I, I got quite a big score at the end but then yeah. we went on to the uh, one with the expansion, mm. which was the carriage and the horses and everything. Oh, yeah, there was a carriage as well with a shotgun guy on top. Yeah, <laughs> and at that one, I was so... I don't know, there was just I just couldn't seem to get my head around the extra aspect of having that carriage and people being able to jump on a horse and no. move three carriages. And, you know, and it just... I think I, I had like an abysmally low score by the end. Right. Because every, there was a couple of times where I was programming actions and everything I programmed went wrong and so I ended up with like a couple of rounds where I literally did nothing <laughs> yeah well, that's and that's how it goes it, and that's 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 fun that's that's the chaotic element to it and I enjoyed it yeah um, I liked the um, bullet cards we had so I thought it was quite thematic because mm. I had like six guns and so you had six bullets in your guns and you just that was cards so you had this little deck of cards that starts with six bullets on it and if you shoot someone you basically give them that card mm. and basically so you're just giving them a bullet basically and it just goes into their deck it's a little bit of a deck builder mm. isn't it but you're building it with you start out where you've got all good cards and then you end up with these useless bullet cards so you mm. can just draw a load of cards and they'll be <laughs> like if you've been shot a few times you could end up just having bullets and I thought that was quite a good aspect because it wasn't terrible getting mm. shot but it just made future rounds mm. more annoying so that was another enjoyable game we played there there was mm. uh, one of the things at the expo as well that was nice was the cosplayers 
There was a lot of cosplayers going around. We got to meet a number of them. We got to have some pictures taken yeah, with them. Yeah, there was a little corner that was like the cosplay. It was like an event stage, wasn't it? And they had a lot of cosplay events and skits going on there. Yeah. Little comedy performances that some of the cosplay characters yeah. were doing. I like Ramsey with Reek. He, Ramsey he was Bolton. funny. Yeah. And um, yeah, just that little show that they did. Um, where they all kind of went across. I mean, we just watched that on the Friday, wasn't it? We and saw that on the Friday, and we watched them again, I think, in one of the... Was it the Saturday? Cause I, I remember we were... I think it was a Saturday. We were queuing to get into the Bring and Buy, mm-hmm. and there was an enormous queue, and it took us ages to go through, but we were entertained because there was uh, little skits going on and stuff still yeah, at the yeah, uh, cosplay stage. Stuff. So we yeah. just were watching that while queuing to get into the Bring and Buy, which was just ideal, really. Mm. Um, but, yeah, there was a lot going off in that corner, and that's where a lot of the cosplayers seem to hang around and, and stuff if you wanted to meet and have pictures taken. Well, they were ad- kind of advertising the cosplay stuff in a way, but when we went round it, it seemed like the stuff wasn't actually for sale. It was oh, uh, yeah. Or that, was it? There was like a... There was, there was an area that was behind, um, in the same area as the events. Uh, it was kind of between the events area and the bring and buy. Yeah. Uh, and uh, some of the stuff was for sale. They were selling. There was like a table with a few things, so you could get like a a steampunked R two D two, which just looked really That's cool. But not it was cosplay. I'm just talking about cosplay stuff. Oh yeah, well they had some of the props that were there. I think were for sale, but yeah. most of them I think were just like displaying the things that they've made and mm. and stuff like that. And I actually quite like looking at that. I mean, there was some pretty interesting stuff. Like there was a Mandalorian sniper rifle there, and some yeah, that various... had a harpoon in it. That's yeah. good. Yeah, <laughs> and that that was interesting. And I think also a lot of the cosplayers were using that as a place to organise like the cosplay events. And I think they were going there to sort of do any little repairs they needed to do to the cosplay yeah. and stuff but you were welcome to sort of go in there have a picture taken and and look at the various props and it was basically like a props display that the area that was being used for this um but and some of the stuff there as i say was made to an incredibly high quality mm. uh, so that was fun to go and wander around um i met tabitha leons who's a cosplayer that i've uh, I like. She uh, was being some... Captain Nimue. Yeah, from Wild West Exodus. So they were advertising that for the whole thing, weren't they? Yeah, it uh, was. There were banners cool. all around for it, wasn't it? It was like a a Wild West uh, game that has uh, steampunk elements, science fiction elements. Mm. Sci- there's aliens so she was being in a the Wild West. She? So yeah, she's, she's a professional cosplayer. Paid for that, but yeah, uh, yeah there was lots of people just they dressed up as characters they liked and. Uh, yeah, there was um, a few fan fancy people, and there's a Skyrim guy, which was cool, but I never got to get a picture with him. No, we wanted to see him. I kept we? seeing him sometimes, but like we were in the queue when he yeah. saw him again. Uh, yeah. We'll find you next year, Skyrim guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but there was a lot, and there were some pretty good cosplayers. Some of those cosplayers were very good, mm. um, and I just love seeing people go around in cosplay, whether whatever like level of talent whole, or ability. I like the whole idea of cosplay. It just makes it such a nice event. Well, it's like you know, I gave to charity because Ariel and Belle asked me to. I mean, there's not many times you, you no, have to donate to charity by uh, by Disney princesses. Mm. <laughs> You know that's how you collect for charity, and yeah. there was—it's just great fun to be able to be somewhere and see beloved childhood characters walking past, isn't it? Yeah, it's just, and it's nice to just see that other people remember these characters as well. It's not all new things that are coming out that are being yeah. pushed. It's like, um, 
just whatever character you liked, even if it's from something, from a film from years ago, or like yeah. one episode of a programme <laughs> from years ago, and just go as that character if you want to. And uh, yeah, I felt like doing some more cosplay again. Mm. We've, only, we've done it a few times, haven't we? Yeah. <laughs> like, at uh, Comic-Con and stuff. So, um, but not. The, it's been nice to go to a few events without worrying about it and just enjoy the fact that other people are in cosplay mm. because it is such a hassle going in a costume into like when I went to Dr. Horrible it was so um I mean the lab coat was fine but the mm. goggles just <laughs> like wearing them on my head the entire time it, yeah but this is one of the things and I will, I will say this because I was having a conversation um after the expo with with Richard and with some others about cosplay and one of the our friends uh, made the point that they feel really nervous about approaching a cosplayer um, and saying hello uh, and asking for a picture and I, I, I made the point to them well actually that's what cosplayers love because they love to see that you've recognized that character and you know asking for a picture with somebody in cosplay is yeah. basically the biggest way of saying that's an awesome cosplay yeah. that you can you can do I like to call them by the character name as well yeah. like go up and ask it like that Alice yeah, yeah. I went and asked her Alice, can I get a photo? <laughs> yeah. She was Alice from uh, Madness Returns. So mm. she was the scary version. Oh, that was a really cool one. And she did a great face as well for the picture, didn't she? That yeah, proper sort of... she actually looked crazy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, I mean, I'd, yeah, there was quite a few there, weren't there? I mean, we met Electra. There was a really interesting, um, for me anyway, Captain Scarlet group. Yeah, they they were... Co- and they, I like when they got interviewed and they were saying they were looking for more captains and stuff. <laughs> yeah. but, like, I imagine if we go to some more events, we might just see more and more. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And we had, uh, I had a picture with uh, Captain Scarlet, Captain Ochre and Captain Black. Oh, they were shooting you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a good photo. Uh, so there was some, I say there was some very good cosplay, and that's always something I enjoy when I go to these sort of conventions. Mm. Um, we got to meet uh, Tom Vassell and Sam Healy as well from mm-hmm. the Dice Tower, uh, which was really good, especially... Uh, I don't know if I've already told you this before, but w- when I was contemplating whether or not to make the Medicine Meeples, mm-hmm. uh, one of the things I saw was... A panel from last year's UK Games Expo, right. uh, which was Tom Vassell from the Dice Tower, mm-hmm. uh, Rodney from Watch It Played. Right. You remember Rodney, everyone's favourite Canadian rules explainer? Oh, yeah, yeah, he, he does it in a really smiley way. Yeah, he? he's <laughs> such a nice guy. Yeah. And uh, Jamie from The Secret Cabal. Right. And they did a, a panel uh, talking about content creation and mm. uh, what sort of things to think about when you're starting a, you know, whether it's a blog or a podcast or a YouTube channel or anything mm-hmm. like that. And they, uh, it was a good, it was a really good panel. It gave me some uh, extra impetus to start the medicine meeples because I was already thinking about it at the time, but wasn't sure about a few things. And yeah. so it was quite nice to actually get to meet Tom Vassell and talk to him about some of those things that we t- he talked about on that panel. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was nice for me. And Sam Healy was such a nice guy, and his number yeah. one game is Twilight Imperium. So we got to talk about how we played Twilight Imperium with him. Yeah, because we'd all just. Uh... <laughs> had two days of playing that <laughs> which I really enjoyed yeah and I, I can't wait to it. play Twilight Imperium another another time so yeah. we played Twilight Imperium we actually in the hotel room uh, one of the guys in our group brought two folding tables yeah. so we had to like move the third bed out of the way set up these two massive uh, folding tables between my bed and Richard's bed uh, and we started playing on the Thursday night and then went back to it on the Friday night but it just made like you'd wake up in the night with this light hitting on our empire in the middle well, of the room <laughs> yeah the, the lights in the room were pretty weird and yeah. we could end up 
you could actually leave one tiny light on just pointing at Twilight Imperium. <laughs> yeah. So we could actually see our empires in the night. It was just, yeah, it was, it's not, not often you can just uh, sleep next to your space empire. <laughs> <laughs> so um, that was fun. As I say, there was just so much... I mean, obviously we have too much to talk about on one, one podcast, really. But um, I would say um, it would be good to be planning for next year if you're wanting to attend. I am. I am planning to attend. It's the now it's reached the the status of being the third biggest tabletop convention in the world. How, so, are, how many are there? Loads. Okay, that's all right then. Loads. It's not um, just three, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not just a nice way of saying it comes last. It is mm. enormous. And I would say this because um, I'm going to ask Richard for in a minute what he what he would uh, say to anybody thinking about going to the expo. Um, but before I do that, I will say this. The people that are working at the expo, so the guys in the yellow shirts that are going around looking after everybody, um, all of those people are volunteers. Hmm. They're not paid. Uh, they're doing it for the love of games, for the <laughs> love of the convention. So if you have to ask any of them for help with anything or ask for any directions, if any of them make any requests to you, please work along with them and please thank them for what they're doing because if it wasn't for these guys we wouldn't have this amazing event to go to uh, and it is truly an amazing event I absolutely <laughs> loved it um, and it's these guys and their hard work and volunteer work and they're there before we are on the Friday they're there on the Thursday and I think some cases they have to be there Wednesday to get start getting things right. set up so it is a huge task that they do for free um, so be sure, be nice to them and thank them and if you can buy him a beer so Richard <laughs> they're going to be drunk now thinking about wh- what we did at this e- expo and uh, and what we experienced there what advice would you give to anybody that was thinking about going next year uh, hard to give away the stuff that I want to do next year <laughs> because otherwise <laughs> my stuff might not work but no um, he's, he's not going to reveal his fiendish plans in yeah full. Not, not my fiendish fiendish plans but uh if you want to go to the bring and buy and you are not bringing a game, if you just want to go and have a look round, uh, you don't have to queue up with everybody because we did for a while, didn't we? We, did, we weren't bringing games to it, so we actually kind of wasted a bit of time in the morning. Although I don't know if that kind of held us back too much because we, we was just relaxing. Mm. But um, there is like the, the cash only line. So that, that's one thing. You can just kind of go straight in. Though that's on the Sunday, the cash-only line was the long line, wasn't there? Because yeah. everybody already bought their games. Yeah. So so if you're there on the Friday morning, make sure you're in the right queue. I mean, we we, we how long were we queuing? About 20 minutes before we realised that we didn't have to be in that queue? And we're yeah, thinking, why I is went... everybody carrying all these games in here? <laughs> yeah, but I we kind of went off to find that girl who was Yuna. She kind of... We like went off and got some photos with some cosplayers while... Uh, Ryan and Simon were still in the uh, in the queue, so mm. that was all right. <laughs> but um, yeah, that and also, if you depending who you're going with and how many games they're likely to get, think about space in your car. Yes, because we found it logistically a bit difficult on the last day, and we <laughs> yeah we we managed it, didn't we? Just. Okay, just. <laughs> so what we did was we, uh, the games that we'd got, because I'd got some as well, which I wasn't really expecting to buy many games when I was there, but I bought a few that looked like really good deals. And 
so we put a few of the games in the boot of the car and then we had to take the rest of them to the expo with us because we'd had to check out the hotel mm. and this this was the problem and that was one of the most difficult walks we've ever done. <laughs> that really did feel like a quest. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it felt, basically. Felt like some sort of death march. I was just like dying yeah. as I was walking along, thinking, will we ever get to the expo? Are oh, these games going to kill me? <laughs> yeah, we got awarded a lot of experience for that. <laughs> yeah. So that's how we levelled up, is by remembering to think about the car space uh, next time. But yeah, so we, we went and got one of the um, shop and drop boxes and mm. just put them in there and then they were safe yeah and we just have to uh, carry them around shop and drop is great as well make yeah. sure you get a shop and drop box because even if you buy just a few games you want to be able to wander around and look at the rest of them mm. and just relax and have a drink and just uh, play a few of the games and if you're looking at a few game boxes around it makes it less fun mm. so um, yeah try and get a, a shop and drop box because like you're saying about the volunteers like they, the people there were really great and it only costs a couple of pounds to get one of those. So, um, yeah, th- those are the, the main bits of advice because I think the rest of it, just by going, you will enjoy it. Mm. Um, I think yeah. um, advice I would give would be if you can take a, maybe a small bottle of water or something with you, because it does get quite warm depending on where you are. Like in the bringing bikes, there were so many bodies around. It, it it does get warm. You spent more time there than me. Yeah. Um, take cash if you can, rather than card. Mm-hmm. Is that way a it's easier to keep control of or keep note of how much you're spending. But for example, in the bring and buy, it is cash only. And I, mm-hmm. I didn't really have a problem with any of the stalls not taking card. They all I was had expecting readers. that some of them, like last year, w- didn't ha- wouldn't have the readers. But every stall I went to, they did. Uh, but even so, you'll need the cash for the bring and buy. Um, there are some good places inside where you can get something to eat and drink. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, some of the prices on there aren't great, but it it's it saves carrying uh, you know food around with you or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I would definitely say take a small bottle, and if you can, maybe a, a small backpack just to put some of your little bits and bobs in. Yeah, that might be useful. I mean, I had a an IKEA bag that I I took and um, filled up as I was going round, but it was a there. nightmare to carry, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, because it just digged bit. in. When it was, it made it. It was quite bulky, and it digged into your fingers. So next year, I might just take a backpack or rucksack or something. There like was that the guy actually selling bags, especially for games, wasn't there? That it had was. compartments in, but just for what you were carrying that day, particularly, mm. um, that wouldn't have really helped. No, but it was I think the wrong ordinarily size. it would, it would help to have something like that. So, uh, so there are some things I would definitely say. Wear comfortable shoes, because you're going to be doing a lot of walking. Yeah, well, I did think ahead and do that. So yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and um, if you're a guy like me, maybe take some deodorant with you because you might need to put a little bit on after you've been walking around lugging loads of games all over the place. <laughs> you know, for everybody else's sake. Um, but, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I also, I say, I didn't feel like I needed a coat or a jumper or anything like that because it was so warm. Um, so I would if I turned up with like a jumper and a coat and hat and everything I think I would have probably got too hot very quickly I think we were very fortunate that one day when we just got back to the hotel and then it started chucking it down yes so but there is a cloakroom there yeah just just take a coat yeah just outside like the main entrance there is a cloakroom so if you think it might rain that particular day and you're not maybe getting on the bus or a taxi Mm. back to the car 
then you can uh, drop your coat and bag off or whatever at the cloakroom. Yeah. And they'll look after that there for you. So it is quite a well-managed, well-looked-after event, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. I'm looking forward to next year now. And there's different yeah. places you can eat. I mean, there was, we uh, went to like a little uh, patisserie place yeah. a few times. And we had they, they did some really nice drinks mm. and had a sandwich there. And But there's obviously the typical NEC food markets at the edges. And But we tended to go outside and go around to the Weatherspoons for something to eat as well, didn't that we? That was only just outside where the convention was once yeah yeah that was nice I and mean, it's not a normal uh, that they do it but this year because of certain recent tragic in- incidents we did have to have our bag searched as we went went through that but that like was one second yeah and they were very friendly because i was thinking you know they're going to start t- tossing stuff out the bag and everything but it was actually really professionally done very quickly very yeah, friendly didn't feel like it was intrusive or anything at all no no, they weren't judging you for what games you were bringing in. Yeah. <laughs> and people there were just happy. I mean, you just people would just love talking about things that they care about. So, mm. like, you just, I'd just be at a store looking at a game or something, and the person next to me would say something to me, or I'd say something to them, and we'd just get talking. And it was just a really nice atmosphere, I would say. Yeah, well, I, I ended up getting a game because the guy next to me recommended it. <laughs> so, yeah, and it was a good price. So. And there was some, uh, there was a lot of accessories. I mean, I was hoping to get some more coins, which mm. I didn't really get this time. Cause it we wasn't only saw really... a few of them, didn't we? Yeah, and I think they seemed to sell out a lot on the first day. Mm. But if you wanted dice, you could get as many dice as you could carry, and then some. I might um, be getting more dice next year. I think there's a few games I'd like to get next year, after I've enjoyed the games that we've already got. Um, but... I think also just getting some of the accessories to just like mm. trick out some of the games already got. Yeah. I mean, it, it, that was quite ex- inspiring, seeing uh, like the amount of different accessories and expansions and extra minis and extra mm. dice and sleeves for cards you can get, and alternate boxes for the games. Yeah. That was amazing. There was, yeah, people had done these like chests specially designed for certain games. You don't have to keep them in the cardboard box anymore. So if you're going to keep the game forever. Mm. That that would be. They were exciting. very good if you wanted to get like the expansions and keep everything in one place and yeah. together. I mean, one of the other things I found was as we were going round was mm. um, on the Sunday, towards the end of the day, some of the uh, sellers reduced the prices on stuff so that they can because yeah. they'd rather sell it than t- maybe take it back with them. Mm. Um, but because someone had said to me, you know, if there's anything you particularly want, maybe wait until the Sunday and you might get it cheaper. But of course, then you run the risk of it selling out. So, for example, there was a couple of games on my hit list that I wanted. Yeah. So, like Ethnos and New Angeles, and I didn't get them. I didn't get Yamatai either. Um, Yeah, you just picked it up on the last day. I remember you uh, asking a guy for it, and then you picked it up, and then you didn't get it because from the bring and buy, it was cheaper, wasn't it? Mm. So yeah. Um, But if you do wait, as I say, to the Sunday, then you run the risk. Because I saw a game called Room Wars. Uh, which we bought, I think it was on the Saturday, maybe, uh, from Chaos Cards. About that one because there's two. Well, there's yeah, it's kind of strange because there's there's Rune Wars mm. uh, and there's Rune Wars. There's Rune Wars with it all one word. <laughs> you just emphasize. And then there's words. yeah, there's Rune Wars that is all one word. Rune Vars. <laughs> and then there's Rune Wars with it, Rune and Wars being separate words. Yeah. And they are very, they are completely separate games, uh, both made by Fantasy Flight Games. <laughs> Um, where it's just com- a little bit unnecessarily confusing. It is. Um, but the one I got was the recent one that came out, and I paid seventy pounds for that. Now that I thought was a cracking deal because um, on the internet, the cheapest I can get it from the same 
company was £10 more, £80. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was really happy to get it for 70 So then we wandered around. But then on the next day, they'd reduced that price to 65 Yeah. which kind of annoyed me until I went around the corner and saw another seller selling it for 89 Yeah. So definitely shop around because some of the new stuff is at quite varied in prices because some of the companies are able to do it cheaper. The other thing is is that some of the stuff I saw in the bring and buy, I got some fantastic deals, yeah. but some people were definitely being overly optimistic with their prices. I mean, I saw prices that were in excess of second-hand what they were available new in the stalls yeah. outside. And in some cases, I mean, we got some cracking deals. I mean, you got Sherlock Holmes Consulting Detective for £10, £10. second-hand. Someone else was trying to sell the same copy there for, well, not the same copy, but uh, Sherlock Holmes Consulting Detective second hand at £40. And then there were others where it was new at £30. And, uh, you know, Mm. it's kind of, you just got to shop around. Don't just pick up and and go, yeah, I'm going this and walk out. You can kind of tell sometimes what's a good price for something and what's over the top. And if you are selling something in the bring and buy, make sure that you secure the game because. Uh, there were boxes where people had tried to either not organise it properly inside or they tried to put like expansions and stuff into the main box right. and it was bursting yeah. and like you were finding little bits and pieces of components just spread around because it had, it had just burst open and lost pieces yeah. and meeples and that's just tragic yeah. so definitely definitely make sure if you're selling anything that you make sure it's complete and it's if it's put, not yeah. mark on the box that it's incomplete because otherwise you're going to end up with a very disappointed gamer yeah and that would be sad as well yeah but over yeah we thoroughly enjoyed the UK Games Expo so yeah, we did we are recommending that for next year we're going to be there ourselves I'm looking forward to it next year we've already booked our hotel room <laughs> yeah and uh we're very excited about that one already. Yeah, so for more gaming there. Yeah. yeah, definitely. So if you get the chance, check it out. There are a lot of smaller uh, games conventions through the year, so I might nip to one or two of those just to keep uh, just to keep you keep, going. keep me going until the next expo. <laughs> but definitely check out some of those gaming conventions. Yes. Farewell, Quester. To find out about other productions by the Meddlesome Meeples, then check out our channel or rendezvous with us at meddlesomemeeples.com. Until next time, Quester, farewell and keep thine axe sharp.